At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Let's get ready to rumble! Information jam-packed show today. Peloton of 5%. What's up, Discipline Investor? We have Benzinga CEO Jason Raznick here with us. The man, the myth, the legend, Tom Nash. Peter Schiff on the Power Hour with us live today. Interesting, different, unique, innovative companies. Mia, you are live with us on the Power Hour. What's up? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Jessica Billingley, that is the CEO of Aperna. The best trade idea resource out there. Yo, what is up, everybody? Happy Monday, Monday, Monday morning. We are back at it. This is the Power Hour. Welcome to the most fun hour of your life. If you are just joining us for the first time, this is the Trade Idea Show. That's what we're going for, guys. We're here at noon Eastern every single day talking trade ideas, talking market ideas. Today, we, we have a very special segment. Uh, we're about to bring Matt Kors on here. We're going to talk about AMC and along with a couple other tickers. Uh, after that, we're going to be talking options trading. I've got a couple options trades that I made recently that I want to talk about. Uh, we have a handful of, of new tickers that we're looking at from an options perspective. But but the, the name of the game today, the reason that you are all here is that we want to talk AMC. Let's go. First air horns of the day on that one. That's right. We have a soundboard on this show as well. But but again, guys, welcome. This is the Power Hour. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, share the stream. And without further ado, I want to welcome Matt on here. He's he's hanging out backstage, and we don't want to leave him hanging. Um, so Matt, let's go ahead and bring you on. What's going on, man? Hey hey hey! What is going on? Super happy to be here. How are you today? Doing well, man. I, I'm like sunburnt to a crisp. I was at that uh, cryptocurrency conference in Miami all weekend. Okay. The highlight was definitely Floyd Mayweather getting booed off stage and then saying he doesn't <laughs> need any cryptocurrency to make a billion dollars in his career. Um, but but other than that, like, life is good, man. What, what's up with you? Uh, just another day of the really the ape nation craziness. I mean, I was just streaming a little bit earlier on. I mean, I believe AMC is up 17%. Jamie's up 9%. Uh, it's just... It feels like this this community is just getting more and more traction. Like every single weekend, people are talking to their friends and family, and they're like, "What is going on in the stock market right now?" And as every day passes, I think we're just getting bigger and bigger. Okay, so 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 first things first. I heard you mention on your stream earlier today you're getting a haircut. I just want to say that your hair <laughs> looks great. You don't need it, but if you want it, that's on you. Uh, and and then second, for for those who aren't familiar with you, could you just give us a little bit of your background, how, how you got started in markets? how you got started with the streams and the following that you have, et cetera. 
Yeah. So kind of a, I would, I think everyone on social media has an abnormal path, but for me, uh, my background, I've been trading for about eight years, nine years and everything. Like of course, penny stocks, options, binary options at one point trading, um, just investing all that good stuff. And then in college I started studying computer science. So I got a little bit more into the world of algorithmic trading really based on the futures market. And at that point I was in New York. And this was in 2020, right when the world kind of like went a little bit hectic. So with that, everything was shut down. I was like, okay, I just need another creative outlet, something to do. And that's how I started my YouTube career in March of 2020. And I was just doing, I try to teach algorithmic trading and it just like, I I wasn't presenting the information well. So slowly but surely I started to pivot back and forth. And I got more into technicals and just covering like recent news. And what was funny was if you watch any of my oldest videos, they're they're beyond awkward. They're beyond cringe. I, I don't really recommend anyone watches it unless you just want to like laugh at someone on the but, internet. But you know that by saying that everybody's about to go watch those old yeah. videos. Like it's you more know? of like comedy now at a certain point, like I'll crack up at myself. So what I started was on December 31st, like of, uh, I guess, 2020. So New Year's Eve, I was like, I want to start live streaming to feel more comfortable on a camera. Like you get one shot, you just got to rock with it. So I was doing that per week. And then I made the decision. I was too excited. I was following uh, Roaring Kitty. Shout out to DFE. Uh, I was following his saga on Wall Street Bets. And I saw that GameStop was really moving. And I believe it was Wednesday, January 27th. I was just too jacked up. I had a position in GME. I was like, I can't make a video. I want to watch the market. So I just started live streaming that particular day. And what was interesting was that was the day Reddit shut down Wall Street Bets. So like okay. yep. I, I went from having about a hundred viewers, I switched the title and it went to a couple of thousand. I was like, oh, like, let's see how this goes. So then I just started like streaming GameStop and then that went insane and that was cool. And on the backside of GameStop, I started to notice it started off small. And I think a lot of mainstream media, like always still refers to this as like meme stocks and uh, a Reddit thing. The community with AMC is way beyond Reddit right now. It is Reddit, it's Facebook, it's YouTube, it's Twitter. There are hundreds of that. Like we know that there's millions of retail investors in the stock right now, but there's hundreds of thousands of like legitimate apes who no matter what happens are just going to keep diamond handing this. And more recently over the past week or two, it's in that like, exponential inflection point like the hockey stick growth and it's just the community is growing like nuts and we're almost seeing that being reflected in the stock price as well so i just i never ever thought i would be like a streamer doing what i'm doing right now but i think that just shows you how like unpredictable life and really is and now these stocks as well no, I, I love it. And check this out. Very similar to you. So so Benzinga, we've been around for about 10 years as a company. Okay. Um, and, and our focus has always been written content, right? We do breaking news wires. We, we do short form articles, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And our entry into video actually happened just like you on that GameStop day. We're like, this is crazy. <laughs> We're getting so many inbound questions to us on our socials, mm-hmm. on email, et cetera. Let's just go on video. And, and that kicked off our, our video efforts here at Benzinga. So, so it's interesting. We started the same way. But uh, two, two more questions on uh, j- just quick background ones. And let's get into the stock itself. Okay. But I mean, I, I was tuning into one of your streams the other day and you had something like 80,000 people on there at once. <laughs> I mean, could, could you, did you ever imagine that it would get that big one? And then two, can you explain what apes are for me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in terms of the size, no, I mean, when I started my YouTube career, like, I don't know, maybe some people just don't have that much like faith in themselves. But for me, I was like, okay, if I work really hard for a couple of years, maybe I'll be lucky to get a hundred thousand on that first day that I did the live stream, um, on December 31st to try to get better at public speaking. I wrote down my new year's goals. First time 
I didn't even write down a hundred thousand. My goal was 75,000 for this year. That's how like not confident I was in myself. I was like, I'm, I'm just not a social media person. I'm a coder. I sit there in silence. I listen to music and I do my trades. I write my code. Um, so now the numbers 88,000, it, it's incredible. Like I, I graduated from Penn state. So shout out to every Penn stater out there. We are, um, I always think of it in terms of our football arena, like the Beaver stadium holds a hundred, 110,000. I was like, that's an arena full of people. And when those thoughts come into my head, as I'm streaming it, it like makes me feel a little bit awkward, but I guess the more you do it, the more you get used to it. But it's the, the side every day is just like a whole new story. Like I never know what to expect. And to me, that's exciting. Like I love getting up because I don't know what the day is going to bring. Like even this, like it, it's so cool what's going on and I love it. And I think it, Yes, there is excitement specifically in AMC, but I think it's pivoting of how we get our financial news, the people that we trust into it. Like right now, there there's an outcry against like mainstream media and their opinions on stocks. Like there's a huge disconnection, and I think this marks uh, in it the the start of a very important pivot of the conversation, especially in America, of how it relates to the stock market. Uh, so it, it's just absolutely wild. And then I believe your second question about apes, apes, uh, at this point, it, it's just, it, it, it's someone who's diamond handing specifically AMC right now, but I would apply that in my own mind also to GME personally, but it just takes one share and you have to be in the fight. You have to be willing to stick out the highs and lows. It is a roller coaster, but it's a group of people who are honestly fighting for market transparency and fairness. The fact that it takes hundreds of thousands of people to each do a little bit of research every single day just to get a couple answers. And it's just that overall feeling that we're kind of scraping the peak of the iceberg. It's like, we don't even know what we don't know some of these times. And it's like one of those things you pull on the thread, like one ape pulls on one thread, they find this out, then another ape picks it up and doing more research. It's just so cool to see this community effort for the overall fight of what is going on in Wall Street. We just want more fairness and transparency. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and you're like your comments on, you know, people being against the, the mainstream media. Right. And, and like the narrative that they drive on these stocks, I, I definitely want to get back to because I see all this stuff about like, like Benzinga's an AMC hater, which I just don't get at all because we're like the OG. I mean, this is going back like 10 years ago, like anti traditional media. So I want to go, I want to get back to that at some point, but, but let's talk about the stock. Um, you know, let, let, let's dig into to AMC to start. Okay. Um, you know, uh, g- give us your background, sort of, sort of almost the, the bull case on the stock, why you like it, what are the catalysts that we're looking out for? You know, is this something you think about more as, as like a swing tra- type position? Is this a long-term holding? Uh, but mm. but just, t- just take us through the case for it. Yeah. So the case for AMC is, well, first of all, I was always just a fan of AMC. I enjoyed movies. I had the, like the rewards pass. I was always doing it. And then it came onto my radar during the first GME run at, in late January. And then like I was alluding to before, is like I thought it was a little bit more interesting because instead of the community kind of falling off like these other highly shorted stocks like Noke, BB, all those, AMC's was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I was like, oh, that like that's something worthwhile to pay attention to. So I started diving into it. And for me, there is a time and place to discuss the fundamental value. Is this a fundamental long-term investment with AMC? But I think the proper time for that is post this short squeeze narrative. For me and many people who have been 
a part of this ape nation, they're looking for the short squeeze. Like we don't have visions of grandeur that it's going to squeeze and then stay at that value. That's just not how a short squeeze works. You get all the shorts to squeeze out of the position. You ride that up, you make your money, and then you wait for it to calm down. And if you still like it fundamentally, and I think there is still a decent argument to be made for its fundamental case, but I think that's something to consider post the squeeze narrative. So right now it's the play of What's the short interest? What are the shares on loan? What's the utilization? What is going on with the people betting against it? Can like, are they going to get trapped? Which would essentially between a short squeeze, a gamma squeeze and FOMO buying, shoot the stock sky high. And out of those three I listed, the big thing that I don't think is discussed, and I get why, no one's really even talking about naked shorts. And I get why just because by their definition, they're not reported. So like, how do you put a number on it? Like, we don't know the impact, but I think that's one of the things that this community is really fighting for. It's like, okay, we don't know it, but we want the numbers. Tell us how many naked shorts there are. We want this to actually be looked into to get those answers. So between those four, a normal short squeeze, a gamma squeeze, getting the solution of some of this naked, the naked short problem and FOMO buying, I think that all plays into more of like a momentum swing trade play right now. And then on the backside of it, we could discuss the fundamentals of they're looking to bring in $5 billion in the box office this year, $8 billion next year. Uh, the last time I checked, Quiet Place 2 is doing super, super well. Uh, F9 is coming out at the end of this month. It's already doing super well overseas. We have Black Widow coming out in July. So that's just movies right now. And I know Cruella just came out. There, there's a whole host. I mean, Marvel alone is a multi-billion dollar box office. And then that's not like I, I know Top Gun 2 is coming out in November. Like there's so many movies that I think people, I get the argument of streaming, but there's so many movies coming out specifically that I believe people are not going to watch it for the first time at their own TV. They're going to go to the theater to enjoy that theater experience. Yep. And, and if anybody, really quick, Spencer, before you yep. hop in, if anybody ever needs some weekend reading on Sunday afternoons, we get box office numbers. It's just one of those things that I've read every single Sunday for maybe literally 10 years. Uh, it gives you a sense of how many people are going to films, what what films are. There's not a ton of news that comes out on Sunday, but it's one of those things that we get every single week. So, so check that out. Awesome. And I have a question for you, Matt. I'm one of the producers here. Uh, this may be a dumb question, but how, how do we know when the squeeze is closed? So that's, I've been defining it like right now, that's a very common question of like, give me a date and give me a price level. Oh, no, I'm not asking for you to like reach into your crystal yeah. ball, right? Like, yeah, no, no. You don't so, and I, well, I think the answer is almost the same. The squeeze, in my opinion, is closed when the shorts recover their shares on loan. Um, and with that, like, it's not perfect because by the inherent nature of naked shorts, we don't know when they were taken out. We don't know when they're going to be returned. But in my mind, I think there's a decent argument that proportionately it would be the same thing. For example, I would assume that let's say 50% of shares on loan are returned. I would have bet give or take some like percentage points for just deviation that that same amount of naked shorts would also then be covered. So for me, the squeeze is closed when all the or a high, high majority of the shares on loan are returned to the original owners. But the, the problem with a lot of the short data is like it, it lags, right? And you know that just as well as anyone, right? Like, I mean, we do have a short uh, reporting date next week, I believe, maybe it's this week, right? but it, it's lagging. It's lagging data. There's no one source to to, to get this short interest data unless you're getting from from FINRA, which is, again, like two weeks late. So mm-hmm. how, how can we trust any of this short interest data? Yeah, or, no, or- that, that that's an awesome, awesome question. Um, so what you're referring to is like those, what the monthly reports and inherently right. whenever you get it at best, it's already two weeks old. I think at best it's eight days old, but you're it's already 
backward looking. I agree with that. So because of that, I don't use the exchange, exchange reported data. Um, the data provider I use is Ortex and Ortex, instead of going for that information, they are actually connected with uh, 85% of prime brokers. Prime brokers, another form of their revenue source is selling that data for shares on loan. I know shares on loan is not perfectly correlated with short shares because you can load them out without shorting it like that is theoretically possible but they're pretty correlated and they have daily updates and even live updates so every day they have um with 85 percent coverage you see it every morning and then their live updates has about 60 percent coverage of all the main prime brokers i i saw a tweet about an hour ago that that fidelity has like two million shares available for shorting and it's charging an insane amount of interest so <laughs> I, I i just don't know you know exactly. I, I, yeah. no, and, and I actually have the the interactive brokers data. That's the brokerage yeah. that I use pulled up here. Yeah, they're, they're down to it. Looks like two hundred and six thousand shares, uh, and they're charging it looks like twenty six percent. By comparison, Apple, right? They, I mean, this is a really small number. Uh, mm. We we looked at Apple last week. Apple had something like like one hundred and fifty million shares open available available to short. versus available to short. Yeah, ver- versus two hundred thousand. So. Yeah. Um. Matt, and I asked this question, uh, you know, at the risk of everyone's killing me in chat, but uh, have you ever sold any AMC and at what point would you consider? Because a lot of people follow you for this. Oh, yeah. So um, I guess that's a little bit more complex because I have options. I have call options and shares. So with options, I have options that expire every week. So I end up rolling those. Ah. But in terms of shares, I I haven't sold. If any, like I've just continually increased my own position and I'm going to get out when that's my best estimation of when the shorts have covered. That's when I will finally exit this. And until then, I'm just also going to keep rolling my call options like week over week forward. Got it. So, but you're, 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 you're on paper, at least up a lot of money. Would you consider like when you sell, whenever that is, would you mm-hmm. sell all, you wouldn't sell all of it at once, would you, or, or you would go and go on blocks. Like, yeah, like, so how would we, you go about that? Uh, so with this, I would assume for me, it's going to be over probably a two to three day period. And I'm just saying that because the shares on loan, that data that I'm using, uh, before when we were talking about the, that there's that two week lag, the shares on loan itself actually has a two day lag because you have to cover your short, wait for the trade to settle, the T2 settlement, and then you return the shares. So even there, like it's not perfect up to date data, but it's at least better than a multi week lag. It's a two week. So or a two day, excuse me. So with that, like I'll do my best of like, for example, uh, last Wednesday, AMC ran 95%. And because of that, I don't know how many were short, but we know it, it ended up leading to about 30 million shares being returned. Well, with that, I know there's 110 million left to go. And I'm a little bit now more familiar with the price action related to 30 million. So I, I have an idea of like what things are going to look like when the other 100 million are also going to be in the process of being returned. So there's no perfect signs to it i mean both of you being involved with the markets you know like there's gonna be risk and reward each way like if your goal is to top ticket like that's a lot more luck i'm looking for a majority of the move if i can capture 80 85 percent of this overall move i'll consider that to be a win i'm not looking to top ticket do you do you stops at all or or mental stops or that's not even on um, in my normal trading, I'm going to use stops, but with this, with the high volatility, that's, I guess, one of the main benefits of me being able to stream all day is like, I'm actively watching every single minute bar come across. Sure. Um, usually I use stops, but with this high volatility, I, I don't have any placed. Got it. 
And, and, and I, I want to follow up on, on the option stuff a little bit, Matt, because we get mm. so many questions about options, people interested in options. Um, you know, with, with your option positions, can you just talk through a little bit how you think about the strike price, the expirations, what, what sort of positions you want to put on, et cetera? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so disclaimer to everyone, not a financial advisor. And you should also yep. know that options are a very high risk to reward asset class. It's easy to lose money, but if you hit, you could hit big. It's very, very possible. Yep. Um, so with all that being said, my methodology is I put most of my money into the monthlies just because there's going to be higher open interest there. And I could see where the other big money is being placed. And even two weeks ago, that was like kind of the incredible thing we saw two weeks ago. Someone, it seems like someone knew something because the amount of part I'm putting up uh, on the screen for context, but keep going, Matt. Okay. Yeah. About two or three weeks ago, people started to notice that there was, a, a, I think, 150,000 call options bought at the $40 strike for June monthlies, as in June 18th, uh, in about two weeks, which was insane. Everyone's like, that's a lot of money. They're super treat. If it hits, it hits. And now people in my own chat, they're like, hey, I was part of that. And I'm now up like 4,000%. Um, it, which is just insane. It's insane. So, yeah. The things I Definitely. look at are like, I really like to focus on where the high amount of open interest is. It's like, where is the money flowing into? What dates are they looking at? And what price are they looking at? And then from there, I'll dive into a little bit more of like, okay, if we get here and the market makers who are going to sell a majority of the calls start to have to hedge, like at what point are they going to hedge? When could we potentially see a gamma squeeze? But for me, it's following some of that big money. And I, if I see big money that's in the money, that's not my favorite play. I always like to go like out of the money by a little bit or depending on like how risky I'm feeling that day, I might go even more. Uh, but it's always for me a little bit out of the money. I'll consider a thing. When you say a little bit, on. is that like a 10, 20% out of the money, something like that? Yeah. So it's more percentage based right now, just because yeah. of volatility. Like, I mean, when we were sub 14, it was kind of crazy to go $2 out, but now $2 out. Like, I mean, we've already yeah. swung multiple dollars today. <laughs> so like, for example, this week earlier today, I just bought, um, some 60s, 65s, and 70s for this week. And just fortunately, I've been in some June 18, $15 calls now for like six weeks. I've just been swinging that position over and over. That's like the core position that I've been like trading around beyond my own shares. Yep. Got, Got it. it. it uh, sorry, Spencer. Really, really quick, one, one more options follow-up. I, I saw on your stream earlier today, you were taking a look at the option chain. You were, you were looking at where there's activity across various uh, strikes. Any conclusions you pull away from that or, or any takeaways that, that you get by looking at the option chain and up and down it? Yeah, just looking at uh, between the June 11th and June 18th, I think we'll see an interesting amount of hedging above 70. 70, 75, I think is when just to keep their book in order, market makers who sold all those calls are going to have to start like kind of coming back in. So I think we're in the scenario above 70, above 75. It gets really, really interesting for AMC. Uh, mechanically, what the market makers are going to have to cover for above 72 would be a breakout to a new um, normal hours trading high. So you're going to have some FOMO buyers. And if those two add up enough, that might be the final like straw that really like puts too much pressure on the shorts and then they're going to have to cover. So that's where I'm looking for things just to get, I don't know, just more high volatility and just more like insane moves once again. Uh, Matt, we don't want to keep you here all day, so we'll let you go. But I, I have one more. Uh, okay. Why do you think this happened to AMC of all stocks? AMC has a high short interest, but lots of stocks have high short interest. So what, why do you think, like, what is it about AMC that, yeah. that, 
that has made this happen to to it and not any number mm. to a lesser extent there's been like blackberry and bed bath and you know whatever but mm. like why what is it about amc yeah so i th- in my i've thought quite a bit about that i think for me there's two separate things um similar to gamestop amc has a certain nostalgic factor people like movies they can resonate with that not many people resonate with um like you said Noke or BB, like to that same degree. Like there's something about their business model. Like, hey, I get the movie theater. I've been in the movie theaters. I like movies. And from more of a just price per share thing, uh, when it was sub $10, people realized they could buy a lot. So then when they started doing the math on like where short squeeze could potentially go to, I think the the size of those gains like really like kind of perked people's ears up. They're like, Hey, I could get it from sub $10 right now and like ride this thing and buy way more shares. Uh, so I think those were the two things. AMC as a business resonated with a lot of people, the price, but then from there it became a whole different psychological monster of people just really started to embody this fight of like the, um, populist versus the elitist, the 99 versus one. It's like that classic underdog story of David and Goliath. It's a perfect narrative that just attracts so many people. And it's funny as I'm talking about narratives and why it like, attracts certain people. Then we're also talking about a movie theater, which that's what they do. They tell stories. This has become such a fascinating story. And that's why we're talking right now. That's why we're seeing the ape nation grow immensely every single day. It's just a a story that resonates with people on a deeply human level. Boom. We got to have an air horn for that one. <laughs> there we go. We have air horns on this show. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I, I know Spencer wants to get moving, but uh, can we talk about GME for a second? We, we've obviously focused our attention mm-hmm. on, on AMC and some of your background. Uh, GameStop, obviously another hot ticker, uh, you know, especially as, as a part of the movement that you're describing. Um, any opinions on GameStop? Do you follow it nearly as closely as you follow AMC? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious where you're at on that one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in it. I've held my position ever since late January. Uh, same thing. I have shares. I have calls. You know, I okay. Yeah. Like I'm still in it. Um, and similar to what we saw in GameStop in late January, I think we're going to see a whole nother host of sympathy plays, like just other highly shorted stocks going yep. up. So right now, I think AMC is leading the charge. And I think the next logical one to follow is GameStop. And then we have the other ones, just BB, Noke, uh, NBIS. Like, was one that I tried the first time around. Didn't work out for me. The rest of them <laughs> hit okay, but that one was a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll see that. But what's interesting about GameStop is I think if there's enough of a sympathy reaction that it could actually trigger a whole nother, like, gigantic movement i mean the short interest on that one is 19 percent right now um it, it definitely has some legs to it and if we get that technical breakout above like that just the 300 key psychological level a quick run to 350 which i believe is a some recent relative high so we break above that like you never know where it's gonna go the one thing that i've learned as a trader from this whole thing is when you have this much of um, a passionate community, it's really hard to predict what's going on because I think it's safe to say we're outside the world of technicals and fundamentals. It's more of like, I think the people doing the best in this environment just have a really good understanding of crowd psychology and how like yeah. crowd mentality can play out. Awesome. I, that's probably, that's like the, I agree with that above all else. That's that, I think no truer thing. <laughs> That's a great point. All right. Matt Kors does not need us to introduce him or tell you where to find him because you all know exactly where to find him every day. <laughs> but but we're going to drop his socials in the chat anyways because that's what we do here on the Power Hour. 
I you know, appreciate you always, that. I just got to make sure that, that we're hooking it up. And, and Matt, <laughs> uh, you know, for, for folks out there staring at the chart today, uh, any words of wisdom, things they should be looking out for, et cetera? Words of wisdom on just an intraday basis, potentially for the remainder of today and tomorrow. AMC, I'm looking for uh, the test of 57.50. I want that to break out and hold um, on a little intraday basis. And then for GME, uh, 275 are the two levels I'm watching just to see how they play out for the remainder of today. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate it. Best of luck, guys. Absolutely. Take care. Boom. Spencer, how was that? Yo. Yeah. AMC crowd showing up, coming through, the hanging one, out with us here the on one the Power thing Hour. I would have liked, but I don't, I don't know if we had time to get into the, the, the nitty gritty of this. Um, I, I, I would have liked to talk a little bit more about, about naked shorting. Um, it's one of those things that's like sort of impossible. And I, I, this is what I was getting at a little bit with the short interest data is like it's, it's really, really hard to know exactly what's going on out there. Uh, yes. A lot of the interest is lagging uh, or doesn't account for the whole market. There is dark pools doing things that we will we'll never know about. And, and I'm actually in the process of trying to procure short interest data for Benzinga.com and it's for hard. Benzinga Pro. It's hard. it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, I'm like a dozen calls into this thing of trying to tack it all together. It's like different sources we need to clump together for different ticker covers, sources. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is a pain in the ass. So the one thing I'll say about that uh, is I, I recommend I'm, put, I'm putting the link in chat right now. I recommend everyone check out a, uh, a segment of our morning show this morning where we discussed naked shorting and why it might not be, I'm sure it happens, but why it might not be, it's harder than it sounds. It's also easier, easier to get caught than it sounds. Um, So, you know, I'm sure it happens. Tim Moore was on CNBC last Friday and said he thinks it's happening. I'm sure it's happening as well. Um, But I, I I would recommend everyone check out that, that link. Cause I I don't know if naked shorting there We'll never know why. We can never know truly why a stock goes up or down. I'm sure naked shorting is one factor, but it, it is just one factor. Um, I like what Matt said about the psychology of crowds. That's probably much more responsible for driving the price of AMC than naked shorting, in my opinion. Okay, okay. But I will say the best thing that I saw last week, right? If I'm thinking at all seven days that I was alive last week, the best thing that I saw yeah. was on Twitter fashion. Yeah. Hashtag naked shorts was trending. Oh really? It went to <laughs> it went to fashion because it has shorts in it, right? I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. and, and like I'm a market person. I didn't make the connection at first. I'm like, wait, what are these naked shorts? Do like, do I need to get some of these? Oh wait, duh. that 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 was the best yeah. thing that I saw all of last week. The other thing, and obviously, like I don't own any any AMC, uh, and and if I did, like you have to know your, yourself, right? Like if I owned it, I know my myself well enough to know that like I I can't take this kind of like craziness it's just not for me there's nothing wrong with admitting that like, you just can't take like i like i wrote a blackberry for like a little bit back in january when that whole thing when the when the gamestop squeeze happened and that was like a lot for me for like my emotions i i don't really know how matt like sleeps at night i i'm i'm really impressed because i could never do that i can never have that much money riding on on one position but that's just me personally yeah uh, i mean that's the hardest part of the market right is, is right. getting the psychology right yeah, for sure, for sure. Really, really hard. Like if I were in AMC, I would have sold long ago, and I would have missed out on like most of this. Probably, probably, probably. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Luke, you need to tell us about your weekend, though. You need to tell us because you were at the crypto conference down in Miami. 
Yep. So, so let's do that. And guys, if, if you're just joining us, this is the power hour. This is the trade idea show. We do this at noon Eastern every single day for an hour. We're trying yep. to bring the best guests. We're talking our stock ideas. I actually have my live portfolio up on the screen now. Here, I'll, I'll add it in for a second, but but these are the, the all the stocks that I own. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look through the tickers here and, and talk about some of them in a minute. Um, uh, but but first things first. Uh, oh, it's Spencer. Let's do this tomorrow too. We, 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 there was a wave of questions coming into the chat when we were talking about the option stuff. Let's dedicate tomorrow to doing some more of those option lessons again and explaining how exactly they work, the mechanics behind them, etc. Okay. So, sure. so let's start our noon show with, with that tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, this weekend, I was at Bitcoin 2021 the biggest crypto conference in the world, 15,000 attendees. Um, you know, the Winklevoss twins were there. Floyd Mayweather was speaking there. Kevin O'Leary, um, you know, you have the, the Ethereum founder. I mean, it was a, a ton of people there hanging out. Um, so so let, let, let's talk about that for a second. Well, I just want to know, like, what, like, what are the craziest things that, that you saw? Because I, I wasn't even there and I saw some crazy stuff. Okay, the, the the craziest thing, the most memorable moment was Floyd Mayweather getting, he was getting booed on stage at, at the event. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why he was speaking at a crypto event, but he was. We know why he was speaking, just to promote his fight. That was yesterday. Right. Um, but 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 basically, his the, the, the best line of the whole event was him saying, I've made over a billion dollars without cryptocurrency. I don't need this. Um, you know, and sort of having a hissy fit off stage. Uh, something else that was really interesting is, is there was a lot of people that were going out into like uh, Doge outbursts, right? T- talking about Dogecoin. Um, and I would have thought that would get the crowd rallied up. I mean, the people would get behind it. Uh, but I mean, there, it was like a lot of hardcore Bitcoin supporters, a lot of hardcore Ethereum supporters. Okay. Um, and they didn't seem to appreciate all, all of the, the, the Doge antics or, or sort of the, the Doge rallying that was going on. So it wasn't um, it wasn't just like a, oh, all crypto is awesome convention. It was like, no, like we're here for Bitcoin. Yep, ab- absolutely. Ah. Um, and, and then the, uh, the, the other bit, big observation that I'll point out is that I think that all of these crypto brokerages and exchanges are going to be moving multi-asset. That, that's like my thesis. And that's why I wanted to attend to talk to these brokerages, talk to these exchanges and try to get some insight. I think that they are all going to be offering stocks within the next year. That, that's what I think is really interesting in sort of the future of investing, right? Why do I need a place where I can go buy my cryptos like a Coinbase, and then I go buy my stocks at, at a traditional brokerage? It's all going to be moving all together. The, the people who can, the, the brokerages and the firms that can execute the best and giving people access to cryptos and stocks, those are who I think the winners are going to be. And as I was talking to these firms, it's it's absolutely the direction that they're all moving. I, I hadn't thought about that, but it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense. So I was surprised to see Bitcoin not up today because I, w- I would have thought with all the news that came out with uh, El Salvador, uh, El Salvador, Bitcoin is going to be legal tender. And then there are some tweets about what that means for Bitcoin being legal tender in the U.S. But it's it's not up today, which is surprising. I I would have thought yeah. I would have thought that Bitcoin would be up today. But I, I mean, let, let, let's take a look at what's up today. So so I'm going to go ahead and let me let's add the live portfolio back onto the stream. Right. I, obviously, this, this is sort of this is this is the sampling of the group that I have. Right. The, these, these are the tickers that, that I have right now. And I'm sorted from from best performance to the worst. You can see a lot of these ones that are way up are are these runners. Right. A lot a lot of the, these high flyer type stocks. Right. Look, look at that. Naked car lots, FTCV, car parts, etc. Um, a lot of these stocks that have fallen out of favor in recent months are are the ones that, that are moving higher today. Um, you know, Spy is absolutely having a boring day. You know, another favorite of mine, Ford, absolutely ha- having a boring day. Um, and and 
I'll, I'll speak towards my portfolio first, but, but I generally like that. Um, when, when these small stocks get moving again and they get energy into them, it seems like that's when, when the crowd as a whole seems to perform the best. And, you know, the, like sort of the stock pickers, the swing traders, et cetera, the, the momentum gets behind us and we're able to get going on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, the fourth thing I, I screwed that up so much, dude. I, I worldly messed that up. I sold out what 12 and it got to 16 on Friday. Just to, All right, let, let, let's talk about Ford for a second. Uh, I, for, I, Ford's, I, I, I've got a list of five tickers that, that I want to talk about. If anybody awesome. has stocks that they want us to look at, let, let, let's talk about them. Ford is one on the list. Uh, I'm going to zoom us back to a one-month chart. So so Ford, Ford is, is, is a stock that we've been bullish on for the year. This was our, our 2021 stock of the year. The reason why we like the stock, we, we always look at the numbers and the thesis, right? Whenever we're picking a stock, we look at both sides of it. On the number side of things, valuation was super in line. Right, the stock was relatively cheap compared to its peers in the auto sector. The auto sector as a whole, relatively cheap compared to the broader market. And then on the the, the story side of things, um, EV. Right, we we have sort of, sort of what I call this EV energy that that's been flowing into stocks throughout the past year. Obviously, we've seen the Tesla runs, the Neo runs, the Xpeng runs. Ford was they they signaled to us. They told us we are coming out with an EV platform in 2021. We're going to be spending a ton of money on marketing this EV platform in 2021, and the stock hadn't gone anywhere. As that EV platform has started to roll out, they've started to release vehicles. Uh, they're doing those prototypes. They showed off that electric F-150. They showed us great sales pre-order numbers from that electric F-150 last week. That's what's been the catalyst for the stock to take off. Um, you know, Spencer, you just mentioned you were in it from twelve. You, no, no, you wrote no, it up. I, was, I was in it from seven and sold. Okay, it. so you did it. You wrote it from seven to twelve. Yeah, I, I, I'm in it right now from eight to to sixteen. Uh, where are you at with it? And th- and then I'll give what I'm doing with the stock. No, I'm out. I screwed up. I, I know, but are you going to get back in, or you're or you're sitting on the sidelines right I, now? I don't. You tell me what to do, man. Tell me what to do. I don't know. I screwed this up royally. Okay, so 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 here here here's my play on Ford, and and I'll, let me let me pull up the positions. I'm going to sort it by alphabet, so we can scroll down to just Ford. All right, so 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 I have three open positions on Ford right now. If you can see them on the screen, right? We 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 have the stock that we we're obviously way up on there, eighty six percent. We have the calls up five hundred percent, and then we have the short calls up fifty percent. Right, so so all three of our Ford positions right now are, are hitting in a pretty serious way. And, and, and the way that I like to play these sorts of moves when a stock gets way run up and then the energy seems like it's coming out of it like it does on a day today, a day like today, is I like to sell calls against the stock that I own, the underlying stock that I own. Um, and, and so here's what I'm going to be looking for. Forward, we're off 1.85% today. If we have another down day tomorrow and I start to get a little bit of confirmation that you know this, this straight climb up in the stock is, is starting to come to an end, I'm going to keep on to keep on my positions, right? I'm going to keep my long positions in the stock, but then I'm going to start selling calls against it. I've sold calls against my Ford shares probably a dozen times throughout this year. Nice. I, I collect about, about 25, 50 cents every single time. Nice. And that just lowers my cost basis. So, so if I did it 12 times, a quarter each time, that means my cost basis on the stock, instead of it really being $8, $8.50 that I got in, you, you pull four away from that. So, so I'm going to be looking at the $17 strikes and selling $17 strike calls against Ford um, if we have another down day tomorrow. With thoughts, thoughts on that approach? No, that, that's a great way to make money, to trade around your position, right? And that's a little bit what Matt was saying as well. 
it, it, exactly. But, but, but here, here's what happens when, when you sell a call, there, there's, there's a couple things that happen. One, you get cash credited to your account today. Whenever you get money put into your account, you obviously have to take on some sort of a risk. And the risk that you're taking on is, is that you have to sell the stock. Uh, you, you may have to sell the stock for some higher price at some point in the future. So I'm going to look out one week. I'm going to sell the 17 strike calls. I'll probably collect about a quarter for that, right? So I'll get 25 cents a share, $25 a contract. Great. We'll stuff that into the account. And the only risk that I'm taking on is that I have to potentially sell my stock for $17 within the next week when it's trading at $15.50 right now. I'll take that risk all day long. And, and so tomorrow on the show, we're going to pull this chart up again. And if we're having another down day, that, that's the trade that we're going to be putting on. Uh, someone asked about Sundial SNDL. Just a shameless plug, um, and I'll I'll post I'll paste the link in chat. Uh, we did have the CEO of Sundial on our cannabis capital conference last. It was last Friday, I believe. And I'm yep. gonna, here. I'm here's a one month chart that we have up on the screen for context. So if you want to go to uh, YouTube.com/slash Benzinga, go to videos, uh, find the stream from Friday. It's called Best Cannabis and Psychedelic Stocks to Buy. That was the stream that um, Sundial. CEO was on. It was around halfway through, uh, but it's all uh, organized by by timestamp. It's all labeled in there. But check that out if you're into Sundial. I'm not in the stock. Um, it's been uh, a crazy mover. I, I don't. I don't myself have any thoughts other than to say that the fact that it's holding one dollar is, is is a good sign. That's all my. That, those are my Sundial thoughts. Yeah, and so so I'm zooming us out. There's a year we're looking at daily candles right now. Um, le- levels that that stand out to me, not not a whole ton. May- maybe this one ten level right here. Um, you know, if if we look back to when the stock got the four dollars, right, it it absolutely looks like it. There could be more juice in it and more room to run. The the thing that I'll say with this stock is that it it'll go like AMC goes. Oh yeah. It, it, it it's it's one of those stocks that you know if if AMC has momentum behind it, Sundial will move with it. Um, I'm also not in this one. I don't have cannabis stocks in general. You do, Spencer. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. We, 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 t- take us through that one again, and let's talk about uh, Clover in a second. I'm seeing a lot of Clovers. I own the four largest MSO MSOs or multi-state operators in the U.S. They're all, they all trade OTC. So, so MSO multi-state operator that means that that they actually grow and manufacture grow and process cannabis, correct? In more than one state. Yes. In more than one state. Okay. Yes. And what are the tickers? Uh, so there's TrueLeave, which is TCNNF. That's their their largest market is Florida. Uh, Cresco, which is CRLBF. You've got, uh, and then they're big in Illinois, Chicago. Um, uh, wait, TrueLeave, Cresco, CureLeaf, C-U-R-L-F is CureLeaf. And Green Thumb, which is GTBIF. I've owned all of these for for a while, and I I will continue to own them at least as long as they uh, uh, until we get legalization and they uplist to to an exchange and the handcuffs come off the industry. Uh, but I, I'm long and strong all these guys uh, from a much much lower price. So yeah, maybe don't. And, and basically, don't your thesis. Don't listen to me because I'm holding like the shit out of these so okay and, and 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 basically your thesis is that cannabis is going to be a big business you you don't know which company is going to be the the winner in it all and that's why you're holding the basket of them is that fair to say yeah i yes basically if i could go over and do it again i would just buy msos which is the etf that owns all of these um but uh i i just thought i'm not going to pick the winner let's just pick the four largest ones and go from there you're a smart motherfucker that's right 
Thank you, Luke. I appreciate that. Yep, absolutely. Appreciate that. All right, all right. Let, let, let's click over to Clover. CLOV, Clover Health, uh, up 25% today, having a hell of a day. Air horns for Mr. Clover Health. It is one that I still own. So so, so I, I own a handful of SPACs. I still own two of like the previous high flyer SPACs. Clover Health being one of them. The other one was Car Lots. Car Lots I own because I'm bullish on the, the used car market, car parts, automobiles in general. If we're in an inflation environment, those are some of the companies that are going to be winners there. Uh, but, but Clover Health, that's the other like previously super high flyer spec that I own. Um, scrolling down, let's let's take a look at our, at our Benzinga Pro feed here. Um. There, there's not really a ton of news on this one, Spencer. No. We, we, we obviously have the movements in some of these other high flyers. The, the thing that I want to point out here uh, is are, are some of these options trades. So so in Benzinga Pro, we, we break down unusual options trades. Uh, check out these two. So, so the stock right now is trading at $11.33. It started the day trading at about $9.50. Okay, so, so lock that price in your mind, $9.50. Look, look at these options trades that came through earlier today. So, so, so we had somebody buying uh, one thousand five hundred and sixty-two contracts, right? So, so if you're buying one thousand five hundred and sixty-two contracts, there's our trusty calculator. You got to multiply it by a hundred. So you're controlling one hundred and fifty-six thousand shares of the stock, and people are buying the fifteen dollars strike on those. Okay, stock stock was at when this trade happened. The stock was at ten dollars and fourteen cents. That's what this reference price here is. Right after that, we, we saw somebody, maybe the same person or the same group, load up on the 17 and a half strike calls. Uh, you know, they, they did 100 and uh, 1,500 contracts there. So controlling another 150,000 shares. So all in all, about 300,000 shares. Uh, and that second trade came through at the 17 and a half strike. Okay, so so somebody is buying the right to control 300,000 shares of Clover at strike prices 15 and 17 and a half. And that's what the stock trading trading at $11.30. Obviously a massive trade. Whenever we see these, there's a couple things that I like to think about. One is, to, does somebody know something, right? Is there some information floating around? The, the way that it was several years ago, I've been at Benzinga now for about 10 years or so, nearly 10 years, so about eight and a half. You're you're not far behind me, Spencer. What are you? Seven, six? Uh, I'm. I'll be six in a few months. <laughs> okay, there you go. So you're coming on six. There we go. All right. Nice, nice job, Spencer. That makes me a senior citizen. Wait, can we talk about Biogen for a second? Uh, stock's been halted all morning. Uh, if we can just for a moment forget about you know stonks and all that, but Biogen had some objectively great news for like humanity today. That yeah, let's go take a look at yeah, it. They got FDA approval for uh, their Alzheimer's drug, which they've been working on for years. This thing was called a failure a couple of years ago. Uh, they've turned it around. Uh, they got conditional approval. They announced it today from the FDA. So this is not a cure for Alzheimer's by by any means, but it is a drug that can potentially... Yeah, look at, look at this headline in red that I have up here, guys. And if you're wondering what platform I'm using, it's Benzinga Pro. Pro.Benzinga.com has a two-week free trial. There's no reason not to at least try it. Okay. How good of you to join us? But keep going, Spencer. No, it's just like you know, there's no trade because the stock's been halted. If you want to trade it, trade uh, trade uh, IBB or or, or Labu, Labu or whatever. I just wanted to say like, what a great, great, what a great freaking day today is. Today's a great day. We got FDA approval for a drug that supposedly 
helps slow the, the, the spread of uh, Alzheimer's or the progression of it. It's never happened before. This is the first. The, this is the first drug we all know. Somebody who's had this yeah. disease. There's no. I just lost my, my grandmother last week. Actually, to this disease. Yeah, it's freaking it's horrible. horrible. Today's yeah. a great day. We finally we have an FDA approved drug. Like it, it's at least it's something. It's not a cure, but it's something. I don't know, man. I'm just feeling really like positive today. And 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 do we have timelines as to when this is actually going to get out to patients, out to doctors, to be able to be uh, prescribed? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. And uh, again, I want to stress, not a cure just slows the spread of, a, of, a, of one protein that is like the underlying cause of this. So, and there was a lot of controversy around this, this drug and what it does and doesn't do. It, it is definitely not a cure. No one is saying it's a cure, but at least it's something. And we got approval, which means people can start taking it outside of trials. Yep. And, and, and so, so you mentioned that, that the stock is halted today, right? We're, we're like, here's a one-year chart. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the two-day chart. Um, right. And, and, and we don't have any action on it right now. Uh, do, do we have any expectation as to when the stock is going to start trading again? Oh, that's a really great question. It's been halted since 1045 this morning. Um, when is it? No, I, will it be today? Let me ask you that. Will, will it be before four o'clock today that we start to see trading? again? Uh, should I ask our news desk? I mean, they might know. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, if, if you don't see a headline, then I would presume that we, we don't know. And I don't see a headline. Yeah. Okay. But uh, and 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 let, uh, I'll I'll say this too. I know that we don't have a confirmed time. Like, hey, at two o'clock, the exchanges said they're going to open this thing up. Yeah. But but based on on your past experiences, it seem likely that it'll open today. My my gut is telling me that since it's already been halted for two hours, they're probably going to reopen it either in extended hours today or tomorrow yeah, morning. I, I, I'm down with that. I would have thought. Like, like if I could bet, I would have bet they would they would have announced this in the pre-market this morning. I was clearly wrong. They announced it, you know, an hour 45 or an hour 15 into the session. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. If I had to guess, I, I'm going to guess they're going to just halt this thing rest of the day into the close, open it sometime in the after hours and let that be that. But yep. it, well, we don't really know. We don't really know. Yeah. And, 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 and let, let's talk about, again, this is the stock idea show. All right. We already talked about uh, AMC. We, we talked about how we're, we're handling the Ford trade right now. Uh, let, let's let's talk about how we want to handle the, this Biogen trade again, guys. If you're just joining us, they just got their, their drug approved for Alzheimer's FDA approval, Food and Drug Administration, ticker BIIB, Bravo, India, India, Bravo. Um, how, how, how are you playing this well, thing or, or the, how are you looking at it when it opens? The way to trade it now, if you want to trade it now, the way to trade it is IBB. And, and LABU. Those are the ways to trade it. There are other stocks that moved on this headline, right? Eli and, and IBB for clarity, th this is the, the, the biotech uh, ETF, right? So, so, so it holds a basket of, of a ton of biotech stocks um, be, because, you know, Biogen is, is one of the stocks that's held in this ETF. The ETF as a whole, which isn't halted like Biogen is, is up four and a half percent. Basically, sp people speculating that when Biogen reopens and it reprices, the price is going to be so dramatically higher that this one stock is going to carry the whole industry significantly higher. Right. I mean, four and a half percent move in an ETF is massive. I'm going to zoom us out to one day candles so we can get a better look. So, so this is looking at the past year. This green candle that we have on the ETF today is the biggest green candle on this entire chart for the for the whole year. So, so investors are obviously expecting a massive, massive pop in Biogen when this thing gets moving. Yeah, uh, and but that's not the only ETF, right? You can also trade 
BBH. BBH has five percent of the fund devoted to Biogen. What what, what percentage of IBB is Biogen? Three point seven. Okay, so, so this one's more heavily weighted. It's up more. That makes sense. Yeah. Shout out our friends at Vanek. Right. All right. Um. Okay. okay. So 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 so. Biogen, whenever it does open, I mean, if this thing isn't way up, Spencer, like, like if it's not, if it's opened up less than 20%, I'm hitting this thing long. No doubt in my mind. Not, not even looking. I mean, I, I, I would hit this thing long. If it's above that, then my opinion is we wait to see how the momentum carries it. If it, if it opens up and we get several minute candles that continue to go higher, maybe you ride it for a swing trade. Um, if it can't hold its open price, then maybe you just hang out on the sidelines. In, any opinions on that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm down with all that. I'm down with all that. Uh, I, I do want to go back to AMC for a second here because uh, it is it is popping. And I and I want to mention this uh, with Matt. didn't have time. But we did actually get a piece of uh, potentially tradable news on AMC on Friday uh, after the close, which is the Russell rebalance, which is this big rebalance every year that uh, Fitzy Russell does. They, uh, there's like trillions of dollars that track these 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 indexes uh, via ETFs and mutual funds, and they came out with their preliminary list on Friday, uh, and they said based on current pricing, based on current valuations, we're going to have to add AMC and GameStop to our large cap index, to our Russell 1000 index, and take it out of our Russell 2000 index. Um, this is a tradable event. There is a lot of money that tracks these two indexes. That if they want to keep tracking it they have to do what the index does so if the Russell if the Russell 1000 is going to add GameStop they got to buy GameStop if the Russell 2000 is going to sell GameStop and AMC they got to sell GameStop and AMC uh, so this is a tradable event is the actual rebalance is going to happen uh, the last Friday at the close of the last Friday of the month and it basically as long as AMC stays above a market cap of 24 billion and as long as GameStop stays above 18 billion then they are being added to the Russell 1000 index. So that means a lot of money is going to have to buy these stocks. It does not mean that they have to go up on that. The market can flip on you, but it is a thing you should be aware of. So watching AMC and GameStop, uh, watching their market caps, heading uh, into the last Friday of the month just to see um, if they have to be bought by certain fund managers and sold by others or just not at all. Yep. And, and, and for anybody who's just joining us, I've got a few housekeeping items. If you're looking for Matt, he was on for the first half of the show. Yeah. So hit a little rewind on your YouTube. Uh, also, of course, as always, smash that like button, share the stream. We'll hit the air horn. Nobody likes the air horn, but I like it. It's not going away. Uh, 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 other housekeeping items tomorrow. We said we're going to talk about options and, and basically do some option fundamentals again. We do them quite often in the show, but as Matt was talking about uh, options trades for AMC, I saw a ton of questions flying. How exactly they work? How do you make money? Do you have to hold the option to expiration? So, so we'll, we'll, we'll do a couple live options trades tomorrow and really talk through the fundamentals there. Um, and then the other thing is that, Spencer, this is the trade idea show that we do at noon Eastern every single day, as you know. Um, and, and I've got, I've got two ideas that I've talked about before. I still like these ideas. The stocks are moving today. Do, do you mind if I hit them again? Go for it. All right. I got ticker PRTS carparts.com, uh, small mid cap stock, uh, ticker again, PRTS Papa Romeo Tango Sandy. Uh, this is a stock. Let's see if we can't find it in the live portfolio here somewhere. All right. We're sorted by, we're sorted by letter. 
Oh, come on, interactive brokers. There it is. All right. So, 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 so here, here, here's our PRTS. You can see if we we look at this unrealized profit column here, we're we're up 19%, which is an okay move, but not a crazy move by any means, given that we entered this as a swing trade. And there's a few, there's, uh, we we've been in it for a few weeks here. Here's the one month chart. Looks good. We we see it breaking out to new highs. Uh, the reason why I like this one, Spencer, is basically I'm I'm bullish on the used car market in general and specifically car parts. We we we've seen we have data, we have academic research that shows us that the price of used cars is going up. Uh, you know what does that tell me? People are going to hold on to cars longer. Uh, they're 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 going to buy car parts. Um, you know, that, that's one reason to be bullish on the stock. The other reason to be bullish on the stock, only 3% of car parts sold in the United States are sold online. It's like an industry that like the internet just left behind carparts.com is the play to take advantage of that. Right. Um, Can I I throw a wrench in this? Hold on. Let me do my number side of the pitch. All right. right? All right. right. Then, then on the number side of things, the stock is crazy, crazy cheap. Right, we we see right here it has a market cap of nine of nine hundred million. Uh, if we go and we look at the most recent financials, according to our Benzinga Pro here, uh, that the company reported revenue of one hundred and forty four million last quarter. So if we pull out our trusty calculator, right, we, we look at a uh, one hundred and forty four million of revenue for four quarters. That's five hundred and seventy six million of revenue, nine hundred million of market cap, five hundred and seventy six million of revenue. It's only trading at one and a half times sales. Compared to the S&P 500, I mean, that's like crazily undervalued. And the S&P 500 are all the big cap stocks, let alone a small cap stock that, that's growing like crazy. I mean, the, the revenue grew almost 100% from the previous year. So, so, so that's my bull case on it. When the stock has momentum today, I'm going to let that momentum ride. I'm going to keep in it. Uh, if, if we get into a position where we see the momentum start to crack, it might take a little bit of profits again. We're up about 20% in it now, uh, you know, and, and leave part of the position as a rider. But but that that's how I'm trading it again, guys. Ticker PRTS. Um, well, my my answer, what is your wrench? Give my, me your wrench in the my stock. Wrench in that is that one of the reasons the used car market is so hot is because the new car market is so cold because they can't make cars because there's no chips. So as soon as we get this chip shortage out of the way, people are going going to go back to buying new cars. That's that's my wrench. Sure. But, but, but then we're also the other little, little gold mine that I have is that I'm super bullish on this inflation thesis. I think inflation is going to be insane. I took a very large position in GLD about two weeks ago. That's the ETF that drives gold. The the Fed said it's transitory. No, no. Should we not listen to that? The, The Fed has signaled to us for years now that the stock market cannot go down. The stock market goes down. The Fed is going to, to go, is going to push the stock market higher, right. which I am okay with. You, you see, like a lot of these like like old school economics people or whatever that, that are like haters on that. I'm in the market. I'm a market participant. So are you. So is everybody watching the stream. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you know, maybe it's not great for for the country's long term, but I mean, let's face it. For for all of us that are trading, it means that our, our stocks keep going up. Okay. Look, as, as, as long as it's my kids' problem and not mine. I, then... Exactly. I don't have children. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, we know uh, wait, let me go and get Neil started for our next show uh, that starts in a few minutes here, Luke. But uh, everyone, smash that like button for Luke Jacoby. He was back. He was out, out for a few days in Florida. He's back now. We missed him. Thank you. Yes. Uh, subscribe to our channel, and I'll see you guys in a minute on our And, and guys, I, I, yes, I, I was out in Florida at this cryptocurrency conference all week. It was the biggest crypto event in the world. Um, the reason why I was there is basically that I'm a stock person, right? I, I love cryptos, but I'm a stock person. The, the, the thesis that I had, uh, the thesis that I have basically is that uh, 
Uh, all of these these crypto brokerages exchanges are going to become multi-asset. All the traditional brokerages are going to become multi-asset. Why do you have to have one place where you have stocks? You have another where you have cryptos. I went to go ask those questions and try to get some insight there. I, I, I can confirm that's where everybody's leaning. When is it going to happen? We don't exactly know. But but the thing that I'll say, guys, is, is that the crypto people are nuts. Miami is a nuts city as it is. But, but like I was talking to people at, at, at the conference and they're like, yeah, I got back to my hotel room at about 8 a.m. last night. What the hell? I got in at three and I thought that was late. I mean, the, the crypto people are wild. What's the sunscreen play, guys? My whole body is like red. I had to wear the biggest shirt that I had today. So that way it wouldn't rub my body. I even went and bought as an air, a window air conditioning unit because my normal air conditioning couldn't get the room cold enough for me to actually fall asleep. I'm like burnt. Okay. We're in Michigan here. We're in downtown Detroit. It doesn't get that sunny. Okay. I'm not used to the heat. All right. So, 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 so that, that's the move there, guys. Uh, this is the trade idea show. We do it every day. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking options and, and doing some options education. So, if you want in on that, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Uh, but again, the trade idea show, I'll, I'll give you guys one more that I'm watching this week. This is a stock that I'm in right now Tiger Brokers, ticker T I G R, Tango India Golf Romeo. Somebody in Zinger Nation out there, help the community out. Drop that ticker in the chat. Um, the, the, the reason why I like this ticker, this is basically the Robin hood of, of China, of, of Hong Kong. Uh, I, I like this ticker for a couple of reasons. One, I can tell you guys from our analytics on Benzinga.com, we get about 20 million people visiting the site to read about the stock market every single, uh, month. People are still in the stock market. They're they're loving the market. They're not going away. We saw all the speculation that as soon as people get vaccinated, they're going to stop caring about the markets. They're going to stop caring about cryptos. That is not the case. So I like the stock. They put out earnings. They, they, they had a really strong earnings report. That's what triggered this run up. We actually bought the stock into earnings. Um, the, the other catalyst that I'm waiting on now is we should have the Robinhood IPO coming at some point within the next month. I'm expecting Robinhood's IPO in June or July. Um, if that IPO takes hold, gets a lot of traction, gets a lot of media coverage, as I expect it to, um, let's zoom out. The stock was as high almost as, as 40 bucks. I, I think that we could get some of this energy back into the stock again. Uh, even though it's having a down day today with with a lot of other high flying stocks that are up, I'm sticking with my tiger. Again, Robinhood is the catalyst. If if Robinhood doesn't doesn't run it, um, you know, then then I'll go ahead. I'll close the position. Say, hey, we had a nice little earnings run and call it a day. Uh, and, and last but not least, of course, this this is our our AMC episode. We had Matt Kors on earlier in the stream. I'm seeing comments in the chat that we're breaking out. There it is, guys. High of the day. Somebody in the chat gave me an exact number, but it looks like it's right around 59.70. We are pretty much right at that point. That's the level to watch. If you're trying to hit this thing long, that's the level that we need to break through. Whew. And without further ado, guys, I, I'm, I'm going to just, just give us a quick little recap of the tickers we talked about today. We did AMC. We talked about how we're trading forward with, with our selling call strategy. We talked about trading Biogen after it. Reopens. We talked about Clover taking some of the momentum there. We talked about Tiger Brokers. That, that That's my uh, uh, Robin Hood of China play. And we talked about carparts.com, another stock that I'm in. We're going to let the momentum ride on that one. And if it comes to an end, we will close it out, guys. Again, every single day we look at the live portfolio, right? These are the collection of stocks that I actually own in my live portfolio. Um, you know, we, we look at it every single day. So, uh, if you guys like to hang out, you want to talk stock ideas, hit subscribe, come back. We'll, we'll, we'll be hanging out tomorrow as well. Same time, noon Eastern. 
And last but not least, I'll, I'll, I'll drop my Twitter in the chat. So come say hi if you want to say hi there. Um, but I appreciate you all hanging out with us and letting us do what we love to do. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.